Hey, yo, Nino, what's up, man? Man, what up, big bro, man? I missed you, man. Yeah, man, you been out here getting your space, man. You know, I, 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 I've heard your voice because, you know, I mean, we still had our book cipher, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've checked in on you a couple times, but we haven't sat down to record our check-ins together in a couple weeks because uh, mm-hmm. I know you got a lot of things going on. We're going to talk a little bit about what you got going on. Not too much about what you got going on because uh, I know you're still in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, shout out to all of the TikTok moms right now that are playing backyard agains and twerking to into the thick of it because that's what I thought of when that happened. Uh, but that's how my brain works. Sorry, guys. Uh, but you've been you've been you've been handling some things, and so I, you know I got to check in with you. Uh, of course, I'm happy that we're back having our, our conversations and doing our check ins. Uh, while you were away, I was able to check in with uh, with a couple other homies that folks are going to be able to hear. They've already heard Rich. Uh, and, and in the future episodes, they're going to hear some check-ins with some other brothers. But, man, I'm happy you back, man. How you feeling? Man, man I'm, good. I'm glad to be back. Um, I feel like I'm on the other side of the hill or whatever this last couple months was. Um, but it, but it's, uh, man, it, these couple months took something out of me. But I learned some things. Uh, I grew in some ways. I gained some insight, and I'm going to share some of that today. Uh, but how you feeling, big bro, man? I'm 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 blessed. I'm able to see uh, my impact in the world in a way I had never seen my impact before. Um, I had something wild happen this past weekend. Uh, I went home to St. Louis. I went to go drop some books off uh, at one of the, my staff members because you know the beautiful thing about this summer is that uh, our summer program is in two cities this summer. It's you know we still have our cohorts here in Chicago and in the Chicago land area. But mm-hmm. we have a cohort of young healers learning to be racial healing practitioners in East St. Louis. <clears throat> so I went to the crib to take some books back. You know, I went to go see a concert from my sister. She was amazing. Uh, and then I went to the, you know, to the East St. to the past and give some books to you know, one of the staff members. And she walks off the porch, fam. And I give her the book, shake her hand, give her a hug. It's our first time seeing each other in person because we only seen each other virtually, right? Mm-hmm. She looks over and she says, there's my mom. I look at her mom and I said, fam, I know your mom. I have created a program and somehow in creating a program have created an opportunity to hire the child of one of my childhood playmates mm. and had no idea I did it. So you're talking about like messing up your head as far as like, oh, okay, God. <laughs> that That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Even when, and I didn't, and I, I didn't hire, I didn't interview her. You know what I mean? I didn't hire her. The organization that, you know, we're, that we're working with to have a cohort in East St. Louis, they did all that. I had no mm-hmm. knowledge. And so I'm standing in front of this house and I was like, yo, didn't your mom used to live near here? She's like, no, nah, this is the house right here. This, the, this is our house right now. We just got new paint. I was like, wait, what? And so I was like, if that's the case, then my babysitter used to live down the block. She's like, no, your babysitter lived two doors down. Hmm. Crazy time, fam. Crazy town. So just, you know, seeing the impact that I've had uh, it has been a blessing. Been dealing with some goofy stuff, man. My back has been spasming and having issues with my back. But I've been enjoying myself the last two weeks, man. I went to a finals game. 
I watched a, I watched a crazy, in my opinion, what might have been the clincher. I, I feel like Game Four is what shifted everything. Uh, you know, yeah. for for the Bucks, uh, and you know, we're recording this the day after they were, you know coronated as the champions of the NBA. So shout mm-hmm. out to Giannis, particularly shout out to Chris uh, Chris Middleton. He's family member of one of our homies. Uh, you know, shout out to both of them. And, and yeah, man, I'm feeling great, man. I'm happy to be back on the podcast, happy to be chatting it up with you, though. Indeed, man, indeed, man. Let's get to the questions, big boy. Yeah, I knew it was coming. All right, so first <laughs> question, I'm throwing it to you first. What are you proud of yourself for this week, man? <laughs> I'm proud of myself for not putting a, a a price on my peace of mind, right? Like I think I think you you it's easy to say that when you talking about hundreds of dollars, right? But when you get into the thousands, you be like, mm, mm-hmm. like you know, um, for those who you know who don't know, I'll, I'll be moving to Seattle next week, and so what's been stressing me out is one finding an apartment, and then finding movers. And and pretty much what ended up happening is one, the moving the moving game is a sham. Like they some hustlers. They some and, <laughs> and, and the way I've been built, like I struggle to 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 embrace knowing that I'm being hustled. You know what I'm saying? Like in my mind, like you hustling me, I take it personal. You hey know man, what I mean? but you but you know that's their business, man. Like like it's yeah. their business. <laughs> But don't hustle me. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's keep it funky. Like, this is what it's gonna be. This is how it is. Um, and so, majority of them are some 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 scammers. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like scammers in the sense of where they, they now they be like, hey, um, if you want, if you pay us with Zelle, we'll take a hundred dollars off. Like Zelle, like fam, I'm about to pay you thousand dollars to move my shit. And you talking about Zelle? Like, no, like, I know that, like, I'm going to use this credit card. That way, if you fuck something up, my credit card company can handle it, right? Mm-hmm. But you said, Zale? Like, nah, I can't mess with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that has really been, like, grinding my gears, right? But I'm grateful because I, I at one point, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll get a truck, load, you know, pay for movers, load it up, drive it. Mind you, that's like 2,500 miles, right? I'll Listen, drive it. They, they, they need to know something because you're throwing it out there like 2,500 miles. Nino is in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And I'm going to Seattle, Washington. So that's 2,500 miles, right? So if I'm driving, think about it. And we, you know, when you think about a car, you're like, all right, I can hit 80 to 100. But when you want a big ass moving truck, you're going to get 60, maybe 70 if you're lucky, right? And so 30 hours in the car is probably more like 37, 38 in a big ass truck, right? Yikes. And so when I really started to do the numbers, I realized even if I did it that way, I maybe would have saved 500 to a band. And I was like, you know what? Man, fuck this shit. I'm about to pay for these movers. And as soon as I made that decision, hit them with the bread, I was like, yo, I, I, my, my peace came back. And it yeah. let me know, like, sometimes you got to let go your own inner hustler who be trying to cut corners because it be at your own expense. So you don't realize it. Yeah, because, I mean, we talked about this in the last episode uh, you know, folks, last week they listened to mindset shift. We talked about how we had to shift our minds, man. And I used to be on that same shit, fam, until I had a moving moment, right? I used to be the guy that somebody would call me, hey, we moving, and I slide over there and help you with your boxes and do all that lifting. And that was young back, Terrence. That was <laughs> that was that was you know a younger me that was like, oh, you know, it's just a little workout, you know what I mean, that type of guy. And then we moved one time. And we hired movers. And I said, never again. 
Mm. I will. When we hired those movers, I saw this man that couldn't have been more than four feet tall. Put my big screen TV. He wrapped it around. He wrapped a, a, a cover around it, then wrapped it with uh, duct tape, and then wrapped it around his body and walked it down three flights, and then walked it up three flights like mm. it was nothing. I was. I tipped them an extra two fifty mm. because I just was so amazed. I didn't have to lift nothing. I just pointed. <laughs> I just told them where to go. So that freedom, man, of you not having to do that, I'm sure that lifted something off of you. It did. And, and that's the thing, though, right? Like, I was going to get movers regardless. Like, I was moving this shit down on three flights of stairs. When I moved in this apartment, I said never again, especially not out about furniture and shit. Like, even when we talk about that whole mindset, right? I was the nigga who would never have furniture because think about it. I grew up feeling like I didn't have a home, mm. right? So it was nothing for me to get up and go. So that's why I wouldn't buy furniture. I would get cribs that came with furniture. And so the only thing that was coming with me was my books and my shoes, right? And my clothes. And yeah. even if I don't want the clothes, I can buy a new clothes. You know, the shoes and the books, those are the things that's going to be with me for life, right? Uh, whereas now I realize it hit me a little different because I made this crib a home yeah. because I thought I was planting roots here. And now I'm going to Seattle. And so I realized that was also fucking with me because it's like, damn. Like, I thought this was going to be home. And I know I don't plan to make Seattle home. So, like, it was just, it was a lot of different parts moving with it. But, you know, I'm grateful because I was able to, like, something, like, I just couldn't get, I couldn't accept the idea of me loading that, like, paying for movers, loading it up, driving it myself. And so, finally, I was like, all right, fuck it. Stop being cheap. Stop trying to cut corners for, like, $500. Pay for these movers. And shit, see you in Seattle, Right. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm proud of myself for that. But what about you, man? What are you proud of this week? Man, I'm proud of myself for going home. Mm. Um, prior to the pandemic, you know, and I think I've brought this up. I think I brought this up on a couple episodes when I lost my godmother. Um, I kind of, I felt like I lost my safe space, right? That, that place at home, my mom had left, had left, uh, the area a long time ago. My brothers and my sisters, for the most part, weren't in the in the vicinity uh, for mm-hmm. years at that time. And so, like, you know, sh- you know, Shina's house was still my safe space. And then when she passed away in 2015, I felt like, well, I, I don't have a safe space no more. Like, where is my space where I can come and and, uh, and just be authentically me in every way, uh, mm-hmm. and not always having to be reveal my revealing myself to someone. Uh, and I think you know one of the things that I recognize now as an adult is that me not allowing my family members to get to know me as an adult man and to get to know the different parts of me makes it so that a lot of times when I'm engaging with them, they're learning me because mm-hmm. they they have a version of me that's a childhood version of me. Like the last time they were intimate with me and, and with me a lot was I'm 17 years old, 18 years old. And then I would come back during breaks from college and, and chilled and, you know, but when you come back during breaks from college, you there, but you ain't there. You know what I mean? Like, you kicking it with homies, you going to clubs, you in, you in the wind a little bit. So, um, you come up on a young, you know what I mean? You out here. You ain't get back in <laughs> I mean, listen, I, listen, no, 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 no. See, that, I wasn't playing that game. You, you lost the train. You lost the train, fam. I was on to new uh, expression, if you will. <laughs> but I was, I, you know, one of the things I've been really working on, you know, when you talked about, like, I made this place my home. Um, is I've been really working in therapy of, of like working this concept of home and like how I felt disconnected from the place that I thought was, you know, that I call my hometown and disconnected from some of the people that are part of my early beginnings um, and, and starting to, you know, 
try to find home within me. Like, you know, of course, my wife, my kids, the space I make here in Chicago is home to me because that's mm-hmm. where my tribe is. Um, but there's parts of me that were still trying to process my the way I was and who I was um, and kind of looking at myself through the lens of when I was a young kid, basically. Like, you know, when you're 38 years old and you left home 20 years ago, now you've been back, you visited, but even when you're visiting, you're visiting through the lens of, of how you saw home when you were there. And so what I decided to start doing is I start, I decided to start intentionally going home to reconnect to my hometown through the lens of me being an adult male. Mm. And to and like to engage and figure out like what do I like about this space? What I dislike about the space? Like how, you know, how is this space now in this context? And how can I connect to this space now for myself rather than always connecting through this, you know, this construct of nostalgia. Um and I think for years I didn't want to do the work of that. I wanted to just keep home where it was and and just leave it where it was and keep it at bay. And me wanting to just, you know, keep home where it was and leave it where it was and keep it at bay, I think was me kind of running away from some of those childhood issues, running away from, you know, some of those, you know, bad conditioning concepts, things that I learned, things that, you know, I had engaged with at home or ways I saw myself or saw success and all the things about who I was when I was a child in that space and just getting to know that space as an adult male. And so I had gone back uh, in May for a homeboy's birthday. I checked in on a mentee of mine. And this time I went back for a concert, just getting back used to going back to the crib, man. So I was proud of myself for doing that. And I think that's what created the space for me, you know, to have that that reminder of my impact. Uh, and I was able to do some things that I I had never done, man. I was able to, you know, I was able to buy my godfather a round of drinks. I left when mm. I was 18. I never, I never drunk, I never drunk a shot with my godfather. And I was able to like, hey man, shots on me, right? Or, you know, I was able to watch a fight in a finals game with my uncles and my cousins as an adult male, which is a different experience than it was when I was a kid. And having them ask me questions about like, you know, what I got going on and my kids, it was just different. And so at one point, man, you know, I'm, you know, you know how I move. I'm uh I'm using my uh you know my medicines and I'm watching the game <laughs> and and I'm just laughing at them. We was watching the fight. Charlo ended up getting the uh you know Charlo was fighting. Well, Ch- you know he saved himself with that Ooh. draw. Oh yeah, he saved himself yep. with that draw. But we we and and you know my my cousin was a Golden Glove boxer. So in my family they treat boxing like like a major sport in our family. Mm-hmm. Like like they talk about boxers like we talk mm. about NBA players. Like it's so bad in my family to where like they were literally turning away from the finals to make sure they didn't miss the fight. Yeah. Like that's how serious it is. So just, just watching them argue and, 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 and argue with boxes that that can't talk back. I just was laughing and enjoying it. It was like, it was a genuine, beautiful memory. It was a beautiful memory to be with my uncles, be with my cousins, watching them watch the fight and enjoying myself. So I'm proud of myself for taking that step to get to know me a little differently and to get to know my spaces that I've been before through the lens of who I am right now. Which brings us to our second question. Uh, um, what am I learning in my healing journey? And then I'll kick it to you. Um, I think that's just it. I think, you know, what I've really learned is that a lot of the ways I've seen 
myself, a lot of the ways I've seen spaces, I've been seeing them through the lens of somebody that doesn't really exist anymore. Mm. <laughs> I get that. So it's like, I, you know, that 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 16-year-old me, while I'm always going to be me, and, you know, we talk about the work we do to save our inner child and to heal from the harm that we experience as a child, like, that kid is, those contexts don't exist anymore. The the spaces don't exist anymore. Shit, some of the stores and restaurants and neighborhoods don't even exist anymore. And as an adult, you're kind of just holding yourself, tethering yourself uh, to these ideas and these expectations that an adolescent made for you, even though the adolescent was named you, right? And I and I had to just be like, hey, I can be comfortable authentically being me and being where I am and who I am in any space and, and, and just pushing myself uh, towards that means that I have to confront me. If I'm going to be authentic in those spaces, then I have to like let go of how I saw those spaces as a child and see them for who I am right now um, and, and make connections for myself right now. So that's what I'm learning, man, is that there are many ways that I've been tethered to a 20, 30, you know, 30 year old version of, of reality, a 30 year old version of a space. And that's not to su suggest that any spaces that created harm or that, you know, may have put me in dangerous spaces or marginalized me that I'm like disregarding those histories. I'm still, you know, holding on to those histories and, and engaging with them appropriately. But just recognizing that I, I have to be this version of me. Because, you know, I start tweaking, man. Like one thing, you know, uh, what you know, I'm one of those people that was raised by family that say when you go out of town, you get fly to go out of town, right? So you, you make sure you get new fresh clothes, hair <laughs> right, and you go out of town. And so what I would notice is because I would go home so infrequently, I would be treating going home like going out of town. And I wouldn't feel comfortable going home. Uh, and it's odd, man. I wouldn't feel comfortable going home unless, like, I could go get a quick shape up or unless mm -hmm. I can get my beard shaped up or if I, you know, if I had the right outfit that I wanted to wear or the right sneakers that I wanted to wear, right? And then recently, now that after post pandemic that I've been going home, I kind of been like, man, fuck that. I'm going, I want to just be at home mm. and, it's, and, and stop treating it like I'm going to Cabo. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to a place where people know me, and I think this past weekend, it was a reminder that people know me. Mm. They may not know this adult version of me, but that I have roots somewhere. And I, you know, so when she walked off the porch, I don't think she realized what she what she opened up for me when she's like, yo, that's my mom. And it's like, wait a minute. So, yeah, that, that kind of that opened me up to see, like, oh, you got roots. You got roots and people that, that know your name and know who you are. They just, they haven't been given the opportunity to engage with the adult version of you. Mm. What about you, man? What you been learning in your healing journey? Um, <laughs> it's not one of the songs that I picked uh, for later, but the song that popped up into my head is uh, Two Chains, I'm Different, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I realized I was, oh, I've always been different. And I've always tried to fit into a mold that didn't fit for me, right? Um, and it may fit for most. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right fit, but I think a lot of us as black males try to fit into that mold that has kind of been given to us. Um, but I never fit in, and I spend so much time trying to maneuver or mold myself to fit that, um, 
that now the more and more I find myself, I realize like that's how I lost Nino, right? Yeah. Like, like and so now I realize like I've never just fit the mold. Like, yeah, I was an athlete, but I was also an AP, right? I was also in show choir. I was I was always doing things that we were told, you know, we're not supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> like I remember, I remember I, I had my tongue pierced in high school. Just because I wanted niggas to know that I'm comfortable with mine, right? Like I can get this, and I know I'm not gay, and I'm good. And so it's funny because that's wild. That, hold on, we just gotta, we just gotta. Uh, <laughs> let's give a moment of silence for the fact that a piercing. <laughs> at one point, a piercing. You remember? You remember when it wasn't just tongue rings? You remember it used to be like if you got your ear pierced on the left, was it the right yeah, side? Like yeah. it's like, and then it, and then it would switch based on what community you were in. So like in some spaces, you had to get your ear pierced on the left, and then you go be somebody with the ear on the right and be like, oh, does that mean that you gay? And it's like, no, we only get it on the right here. You know, it's so goofy. <laughs> go ahead, my bad. I just it so was so and so I started to reflect on that because one of the homies, he called me the other day. He said. Um, he said, "Guess what I did?" And, you know, I said, "What happened, nigga?" He said, "Yo, I got, I got, I got a spirit nail." I said, "What?" So for those who don't know, I have one of my fingernails when I get my manicures is painted, and and I faithfully change the color based on psychology of color, what I'm feeling in my spirit. And so when he said that shit, I kind of laughed, but then he was like, "Yeah, but I got that." And I got my toenails polished. And I was like, okay, my nigga, what made you do that? He was like, I don't know. I just felt like doing it. I said, respect. Like, do your do your thing, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, it made me think about, like, all my life, I've been pushing out of the man box. And, and I know I'm built for it because whenever I do it, niggas would talk mad shit. Like, oh, nigga, you gay. Why are you doing it? I remember when I got my, my nose pierced. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Woo, woo, woo. Swear to God, T, it never fails. That niggas would be talking shit and then come a year or two later, they come back and be like, hey, where you get your nose pierced? Hey, mm. did it hurt? I'm thinking about doing this. Or hey, when you get your nails polished, like, you know, what about this? What about this? And so it's just, I finally found peace with knowing that I'm different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I went and watched um, The Shop and they had Kid Cuddy on there. And he was talking about when he wore the sundress on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, the Kurt Cobain joint. Yeah. And when he said it, I was like, yo, nigga, I get it. Like, fuck them. Like, why niggas wear it? If you want to wear a sundress, nigga, wear a sundress. Like, nigga, if that's what you want to be on, fuck it. But then I also realized, like, a lot of niggas can't handle that shit. And and so now that I'm finding peace with, um, you know, I'm my me being different, I think it's just further helped me to grow and recognize, like, I'm okay with being by myself, right? Like, if, if I got to be in spaces, like, I feel like if you're going to be a, a trailblazer, like sometimes you blazing that trail by yourself. You would love to be blazing it with a bunch of people, but sometimes you blazing by yourself. Or maybe you got a community and y'all blazing in different spaces. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I learned, man. I mean, trailblazers, man. Now that you open that up, though, the survival of trailblazers is is typically to find a tribe. Like you got to find a tribe of other folks that are trying to blaze, blaze trails as well. Um, because I, I know that feeling. Um, Mine isn't as drastic as, as toenail polish and tongue rings, but uh, <laughs> I do I do remember, you know, I got- hey, That's going to be my first album, nigga. Yeah, toenail <laughs> polish and tongue rings. Uh, I, I, yo, fam, that sounded wild, but okay. Uh, I do remember my my cousins and whatnot, because I, you know, I have a couple cousins that are from the East Coast, and I have one cousin that whenever, I won't say whenever he would get in trouble, but often he would get sent to live with his grandma and his, his, uh, his dad in uh, Virginia mm. Beach. 
um, or in Virginia. And so, you know, it's different when you in New York or Virginia, the things that you like in the mid nineties and early nineties and shit, late nineties are a little different, right? So <laughs> uh, I would kick it with those cousins. And so I came back, you know, in love with wallabies and peacoats and like looking like I'm straight off of New York undercover and polo and, you know, looking at Raekwon the chef and, and, and ghost face albums. And like, that's mm-hmm. the stuff that I thought was fly. And so I'm kicking it with my cousins from out East and that's the stuff they think is fly, right? So, I come in my uncle's house with a pair of wallabies on. Now, you may not understand how much of a violation this was, but at this time, this is pre-Nelly Air Force One's St. Louis. This is uh, Soldier Slim Reebok St. Louis. <laughs> and if you don't know what a Soldier Slim Reebok is, it is the Reebok with the hard bottom, right? Sometimes <laughs> it could be the clear, sometimes it could be the, the gum sole. So that was what was busting in St. Louis, the East St. Louis, was these Reeboks um, with the hard bottom. So I walk in my cousin's crib. I'm like, yo, I got you know, I got Wally's on. Got a nice little, you know, shirt from the Gap. You know what I mean? Peacoat <laughs> on. They are flaming me, fam. Like, blazing me for these Wally. What is, what's that on your feet, fam? What you wearing? These house shoes? What is that soul, right? Giving me all that, all that ugliness, right? Now, mind you, I know I'm legit. These are Clark's Wallabies. I got, I, I had to get the real joint. Had to, got to find them. I got the real joint, the, the high clock Clark's Wallabies. The next year, Wu-Tang started making the colorful Wallies, right? And uh, when Wu-Tang started making the colorful Wallies, I don't know what company it was. I don't want to, you know, give anybody any issues, but... Uh, there was a company connected to Shoe Carnival that started making colorful wallabies. My cousins got every color. Talking about the Havana Joes. And now this, no, no, no. Havana Joe was up. It was up north. It was in Chicago. They weren't even on Havana Joe yet. They didn't know about. They ain't really wasn't kicking it with Havana Joe until after I left college. Okay. Right. Okay. That was some Chicago, fully <clears throat> Chicago stuff. But there was a little company. It was like a little. I don't want to call it a Rupu company because they they made made money. But they were making the colorful wallabies. And they were inspired by like the half and half that Ghostface was wearing. So it went from what are you wearing to now y'all wearing what I was wearing last year. Mm. And and that was one of those moments for me that was like, oh, okay, T, just just go your pace. Either they're going to be with you or they're going to catch up. Just go your pace. Mm-hmm. Or maybe sometimes you might be behind, but just go your pace. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand that I'm with that. Uh, but I'm going to throw this, the, our, our, our third question to you, man. Who are you grateful for, man? Um, I'm grateful for my my sister. Um, she also on her own little journey. So while we moving, uh, her and my niece and nephew just decided, like, man, fuck Texas. We moving to Costa Rica. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and so, and they leaving, uh, we both leaving Texas next week. Um, but before that happened, um, I was spending time with them, you know, July, they usually spend the, the month of July with their dad and, um, in, uh, the DMV area. And so, um, I was spending time with them on their last day and she was like, look, man, I could tell you kind of off. Why don't you just come to, um, come to Playa del Carmen with us? Mm. And I'm like, what? And she looked it up. She's like, the flight only 300. I said, I bet. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so I appreciate that because one, um, she knows me to know, like, I'm random like that. So, you know, if A plus B equals C, I'll bust a move, but no hezzo, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, but to know that I needed that. And so when I got out there, um, it was much needed, man. Like I just needed to kind of get away, to kind of breathe, to kind of get a reset, um, you know, even kind of gave some insight while meditating out there. Um, so I'm grateful for her. You know what I'm saying? How about yourself? Who are you grateful for, big bro? <clears throat> I'm, in, I'm in a mix, right? Because I kind of want to say uh, <laughs> the first thought I had is I'm grateful for me. <laughs> which, 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 which typically sounds wild, but uh, I'm I'm grateful that I'm grateful that I that I listened to what I feel like was the spirit and the ancestors and, and listened to the calling from the earth. Uh, I had an OG who I was talking to recently, and she was like, "You and y'all, you know, talking about me and my homeboy." She's like, "Y'all listen to the calling that came from the earth, and that's why the earth is responding with abundance." And I was like, I received that OG, right? And there is not a, a version of me, even and, and like, get it? Don't get it? Yeah, we all had our dreams, like, and we had, I had, I had like ridiculous dreams. I'm gonna be a millionaire. I'm gonna do whoop 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 whoop. But then when you get into this 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 life and this career, and you start hitting those bumps, you start to think things are beyond your reach, mm-hmm. and they're not. So when I'm sitting at game four of the finals <laughs> in good seats, the childhood version of me is like, fam, what are you on? And mm-hmm. and even that that day, like, you know, we went up to Milwaukee and uh and worked from a uh like a WeWork type space, one of those um shared workspaces. One of our OGs that plugged us in with somebody in Milwaukee that they got us a conference room. So we were able to do our full day of work from Milwaukee. Went and got a great dinner and then went to game four with all these crazy Milwaukee fans and, and just having those experiences. And I think at one point in my adult life, while I would have told you, like, I wanted those experiences and that's what I wanted, I think a lot of times I was afraid to pull the, you know, push the button, right? And, and just go after and experience those things. So I'm grateful for me uh, in that space. And I'm also grateful for for family members, you know, when you get to reconnect with family members. And mm. that that is something that I, I hadn't really been thinking about in a long time. Like, so being able to reconnect with my godfather, you know, you know, my god sister, it was her concert, being able to see the joy that she had on stage and just I mean, she's immaculate. She's an amazing performer. Um, and then being able to buy my godfather a drink. I think that was highlight level stuff for me, fam. Like that, that felt good to just, you know, and they, you know, you know how black folks are with their crown. They, you know what I mean? They wanted some crown. You know what I mean? I, I'm not for the crown apple, crown life, but you know, that's what black folk be liking. So just drinking yeah. some crown. Real down. judgmental for you crown drink. I don't like crown either. Yeah, we, we judgmental, <laughs> but we get it. We get it. I got some homies that swear that crown, crown royal apple is the greatest liquor uh, in I the went, history I went, of I was, life. When I was with some homies the other day and, um, that nigga was like, hey, can I get crown peach? And I said, they got crown peach in it? Like, we we in, like, this little white little bar area, whatever. They pulled out the crown peach. I said, oh, this shit crazy. Wow. Wow. It just sounded like sugar on sugar. But... <laughs> But nonetheless, man, like that's, that felt good, man. So I'm, I'm I'm grateful for me, not not because I have access to things. I'm grateful for me to, that I'm doing the work and committing myself to the work of embracing possibilities. And I'm grateful for family that I've re, that I've gotten opportunity to reconnect with because I, I get, feel like they they get to meet a new person. Like they still have like the the histories with me, but you know it's a lot of like, yo, you do what? 
What does that look like? How does that work? Wait, you on what? You, how? And it's a lot of those conversations, man. I have some of my uncle who has, you know, a look like a little bit of that with my godfather, and it's just it's good reconnecting with people. Um, and being able to give them love, man, and just embrace the people. And we've gone through a lot in the last 18 to 24 months. And so when you have those opportunities to share love with folks, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful and appreciative for it. So that's who I'm grateful for, uh, which brings us to our fourth question. What are we reading? Um, we have finally finished as a group. We finished We Real Cool by Bell Hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our final um, uh, book cipher this past Tuesday. That was dope, being able to close that out and I'm looking forward to the next book. But what I am currently reading right now is Freedom Dreams, man. Robin D.G. Kelly. Uh, you know, we've talked about um, the fact that I'm building some things and, and developing some some curriculum uh, for some cohort-based programming. And a big part of that cohort-based programming is – uh, books about abolitionist thinking and books about freedom dreaming. Uh, and so I'm rereading Robin D.G. Kelly's uh, Freedom Dreams. Uh, and that's what I'm on right now. What you been reading, fam? I haven't been reading anything. Like, when, you know, and we'll get into it. Like, I realized I just needed to shut down, right? Like, I wasn't taking nothing. Like, I was doing the, the Bell Hooks joint. And I think that was exactly, you know, what I needed in this season, you know what I'm saying? Especially the last couple of chapters. Um, about healing and self-love and everything. For some reason, you saying Freedom Dreams kind of spoke to my spirit, so I might look into it, um, ask someone to read it, because one of the things about moving is I'm not going to have my stuff for about two to three weeks. So I feel like that might be perfect time for me to just, you know, post up and read, you know what I mean? Read, so, do a little writing. Yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah. want to project. I don't want to project, but, you know what I mean, if I ain't got nothing, if I ain't got my PlayStation... Or if I ain't got, you know what I'm saying, my my real computer, I got this laptop. But I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, and I recognize that. Like, sometimes we do need to unplug. I'm just in go mode right now. My unplug season is going to come around September, a little bit, maybe a little October. And I'm thinking about possibly taking the winter off. But my my I'm in go mode. So it's like the things that I'm building are launching right now. We got the summer program. So a lot of what I'm reading is, is for work. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I, I'm with you. Those last three chapters of that Bell Hooks book were like they were divine. <laughs> hey, they were lining up to my life a little too scarily. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, that's how it is. I think the next book we're going to read, so for those who don't know, the next book we're going to read for the cipher um, is Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson. Uh, I strongly suggest that you, if you're interested, um, Please let us know. Uh, we're going to kick that off uh, at the beginning of September. That's going to be our fall book club reading. Um, and I think that's just going to build off of what we kind of just went through on the bell hooks. If anybody wants to catch up in terms of what we read, it's uh, We Real Cool, uh, Black Man and Masculinity by Bell Hooks. I would say, you know, check it out. You know what I'm saying? It's going to come down your street, but it's in a very um, loving, nurturing way. Oh, know? yeah. So, so. I, felt, I felt like she handled... I felt like she did the job of handling us with care, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was in our bedroom, fam. It wasn't just in our street, fam. Like, <laughs> like she, she, she was the alarm that was next to the bed. It got at some points, and that especially those last three chapters, uh, we talked a little bit about daddy issues on the podcast, but then that last one about how to heal, and then the, the one that was really about finding home, 
And, mm. and what was odd is like I, I was experiencing those things in my life before I got to those chapters. And then mm. I read those chapters and then like, okay, is she in my life right now? Because that's what we were talking about right now in therapy. Or that's what we're talking about right now in check-ins, you know, as a crew or what we're talking about in our uh in our in our book cipher. So it, it definitely was was a real deal. And I'll get us kicked off on this final question, man, uh, of what I've been listening to. So I got something that's new, newer, and I got something that's, that's old. And I won't say old because it's not 70s old. It's like 2002. Um, and both of them I found in my meditation. So I found this quirky-ass album called Stay Free by a, a guy named Londrell. And I think you're going to mess with it. Um, okay. And so this first joint that I'm going to play is called Gratitude. Uh, by by Londrell. Uh it was speaking to me. I was listening to another song and it just popped up uh in, in the mix and our, our song of his popped up in the mix. I'm like, let me go find out what else he got. And so I went to this project and I found gratitude and I was like, okay, so this man basically makes songs that are almost for meditation, but they're dope songs. And then I went to a, a oldie but a goodie, you know, I, I was I woke up one morning and the thought that came to my head was the first line of uh of the NDRE song, Get It Together. One shot to the heart without breaking your skin. No one has the power to hurt you like your friends. And when I went back to go listen to the song, cause I was like, that was just in my head. So I went to go listen to the full song and she started talking about self-talk and how we speak to each other and how we speak to ourselves and how we handle ourselves and how we need to get it together. And I was like, mm-hmm. how did this not make it on our podcast already? because the song speaks so closely to a lot of the things that we've been talking about in our healing journey. So I'm going to play those two songs. I'm actually going to hit them back to back. Then I'm going to come back, hear what your two songs are, play those back to back. And then we're going to find out, you know, finish off with our conversation. I got to be thankful because I know someone lost their life today. And so every moment I endeavor to live life the righteous way, to serve with a sense of purpose and let love light the way even if I die today, that's just the price I pay. Just know I try to be kind and seek the divine every night and day. Gratitude for the sunrise. Gratitude for the sunshine. Gratitude for the moonlight. Every day feels like a new life. Especially when I meditate. Take a breath and then I elevate. Everything deserves gratitude. That's my everyday attitude. Gratitude. That's my everyday attitude. Gratitude is the fruit of life. The nourishment of the soul when there's no food in sight. When your vibrations are low and you feel blue inside. Gratitude is the attitude that gets you through the night. Never believe in lack of limitations. Anything can be manifested with a little appreciation. I appreciate my life. I shake. I appreciate my breath. I shake. I appreciate my sight. Ashay, gratitude for my health. Ashay, gratitude is the happiest move. 
Even if I happen to lose, everything deserves gratitude. That's my everyday attitude. Attitude. Gratitude. So that was Gratitude by Laundrell. It is good music if you're just chilling, meditating. Um, I found myself uh, getting into it and just using it as an opportunity to be reflective. I love when he talks about gratitude and how we need to, need to have uh, appreciation for our bodies, appreciation for our health, et cetera. So it's a song that, it's one of those songs that when you start singing the song and when you start repeating what's in the song, you realize that you are actually meditating. I'm about to make that my morning alarm, boy. That boy fire over there. <laughs> you know, hit me with the, you imagine waking up to the morning affirmations? Yeah, like, like I all of that. I'm man. sitting here like, I, I'm listening to this and I was like, yo, when I, and I kept myself singing it like, Gratitude is my everyday attitude. And you start realizing, like, I'm meditating and not even realize. So, yeah, I, I mess with this. Thank you, Londrell. You know what I mean? I'm sorry if I offended by saying it was quirky, but it caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, I'm adding this to the mix. Uh, and so, and then I'm going to get y'all into my second song, which is a song that we all, well, I don't know if we all, but I definitely know and love. And I don't know if you've ever had this moment, Nino, when you listen to a song in, in, in like now in your adulthood and you connect with the song differently than you did years ago. Because I remember loving this song in 2002. Like, oh, I love this whole album in 2002. But it hit different now. Yeah, remember I brought that up when um when I put Cranes in the Sky on the um yeah. playlist. Like, before it was just I, I, I rocked with the the, the, the the instrumentals, you know, but the, the words hit different now. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. It is different. All right, so this next one is India Ari, Get It Together. We'll play a little bit of that. Y'all know this jam, uh, but she has some jewels for us. Say 
that's Get It Together by Andy Ari. If you want to heal your body, you have to heal your heart. That's the statement. <laughs> and it coincides with what Bell Hooks was telling us, right? When she yes. was saying, if you want to heal, you have to go within. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to go within. Um, and I think that's so that's so true. You know, a lot of times um, we're afraid of going within, but it's actually in going through in is where you find that liberation. Man, definitely, definitely. And then she had bars, you know, uh, about how we speak to ourselves. You know what I mean? It's just... I started, I meditated on that song for like three or four days. And every time I meditated on it, I was like, yo. Well, one, I didn't really have a practice of meditation when that song first came out too, right? And so now it's like when I'm sitting there and getting those songs that I'm using to feed myself, I, I recognize that nourishment was in them that wasn't just like musical nourishment. Like I like it, I love it, I enjoy it. It's more like, oh, there's things to, that I can add to me and continue to feed myself with. So that's dope. But fam, I hear uh, you got some songs, man. Do man, so I think I think the first song um, that was just man. I, when I say I was listening to this song on repeat, um, for those who know, if you don't know by now, we clearly have an affinity for D Smoke. Um, but the song is "Free" by D Smoke. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna just go ahead let that bitch breathe. So go ahead, just go ahead and play it, and then we can just do a little brief chop up on the back end of it. All right. What if I used to be a president in a past life with a match and a pipe and a top hat in the back of the right? A chariot chasing heavy air through the night. I barely get sleep. My karma owed me much drama. Men and sheep. I sold three last summer. A black back and exact until he got stripes. Beat that boy till he collapsed. Tease that boy. Make him fight his brother. Make him hate his mama. Make him blame his father. You follow the rules and they always gonna do what they do. Never revolt. Never rebel. Willie Lynch taught us just how to sell. White lies to these black lies. And if you train them, then they act right. But whatever you do, free like my enemies, why free like my enemies, free like the soul of my homies, free like a sinner, yes I'm free, yes I'm free, I am free like my paradigm, shifting my state of mind, listen to my creator, make sure that I stay alive. They can put me in chains. They can lock me up. But they can't trap my mind. They tried to make slaves of my people. But from our heart runs a fountain. Flowing. Continuing. Yes, I can. God willing. What if I was to leave some evidence? Like a crack pipe or the shell of a nine. Millie or Philly with plenty of my salat. Cause I hit the blunt one too many times. Blood, we can hit them up. They got four fire racks in the safe. And they don't come back till it's late. Plus, they got another three in the mattress by the Atlas. Put us on the map with the cake, yeah. At least that's what we thought. No, not me, nigga. We get caught, yeah, right. 
Then peeking out the window, a nigga see them red and blue lights. Oh shit, bro, we gotta go, nigga. No shit. Hit the back door, clear the whole fence. But in the process, a nigga dropped the whole four fifth and they circled the block. Free like my energy. Free like my enemies. Free like the soul of my homies. Free like a sinner. Yes, I'm free. Plus that K9 so I half my cash. Yes, I'm free. On how to do this time, I guess I better ask my dad. I ask my free friends. like my paradigm. Shifting my state of mind. Listen to my creator, make sure that I stay alive. Yes, I'm free. And that was Free by D Smoke. I let it ride for three minutes. It's two more minutes of the song. It's a great song. I feel like, fam, that is like the third D Smoke featured song, our third D Smoke featured episode in a minute. And you know what it is? It's because. I completely missed the deluxe version. So when you put me on, it was like, hey, it's a deluxe version. I'm like, what? Let me go back and listen. And it's like fire. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and I, so that, that I remember, G, it was one day where I don't know what was going on in my spirit, but I, I, I was in the shower and I just put the song on repeat, repeat. And I just sat in my tub, man. And I was just thinking, like, what, is it, what does it mean to be free? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, you know, when he says free like my paradigm, shifting my state of mind, listen to my creator, make sure that I stay in line. It's like, I know that I'm listening to my creator. I'm making sure that I'm staying in alignment. I know that I'm shifting my state of mind. But what does it mean to have a free paradigm, right? And so, and, and I think that's what is happening is because now I'm starting to dream. So I'm starting to, to break free of whatever mental chains that I, you know, kind of held on to for so long. And so, man, that, that song would just be, man, when I say, I probably sat in there, when I say I probably sat in there for about a good hour, wow. the song on repeat, just reflecting, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that's my shit. And so then my, my, my second song, ironically, you know what I'm saying? If it, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, um, it's Sunkissed Child. It's also... By D Smoke, but it's featuring um, the the love of my life that I didn't know was the love of my life till I saw her in concert right before um, COVID. <laughs> but it's featuring uh, hey, Jilly. We all Philly. we Jill all Scott. can't be married to Jill Scott, fam. Well, you're not married to Jill Scott. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> you world, somebody, you know, what I'm saying as for me and mine, the, uh, we can still try to manifest that because last time I checked, she ain't married either. You know oh I mean? my god. Um, <laughs> You know how many homies I have that's like, hey man, Jill Scott's my lady. Jill Scott's my lady. Hey, Loki, I'm, I'm real. Like, I don't, I don't think Jill Scott's my lady. I think I have an affinity for her just being in that space. Being, in I'm, that not being I'm not being serious. Uh, like, like Erica Badu, right? Like, if I can find without without reducing them to a mold, but if there, if I were to come across a woman, I realize like the woman that my spirit is yearning for mm-hmm. is is on that level, right? That Jill, that Erica. Fats, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what's Drekka? You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's something. Something within me is looking for that, but I don't even know what that is to put it into words. Yeah, because you, know you, you know I mean, because like you don't you don't really you won't really know what it's like to have that or to to, yeah. to be in relationship and be in connection with that song. I'm with you, but this is an amazing song. This is uh this is another D Smoke song. You could tell this album has been speaking to this brother's spirit because he came with two D Smoke songs. In the clip, ready to roll. All right, this is uh, this is Sunk His Child.
the angle bone spitter. Sing along to the tunes out the womb, got my bring along. Stacking cheddar chips, they better listen, find they self upon river. Floating in the mainstream, things seem bitter. Soaking up game from my OG. Plenty niggas know me, and most of them just wanna feed dinner. To they miniatures, but the minotaur manure that they endure daily make the home seem chiller. Cold stairs from their very own, my feet pitter. Pat across the floor, ain't even for he speaks jibber. Rich plus the lyrics of his favorite deliver. Reman, he's saying what he hears, so speak clearer. Instead of being raised by cartoons, your little man's a fan of rap songs. He being raised by tunes. With the spirit of the lyrics, don't deposit him with jewels. And you working late hours, so now he acting up in school. And the teacher's overwhelmed, she doesn't ask enough. To move them young souls forward, they steady backing up. When passing out passion, I swear we need our rations up. And this journey is certain to bring us back to love. Some simple shit. Keep showing love, we could benefit, especially if you sun kissed. That's Sunkiss Child by D Smoke featuring Jill Scott. And I want to say Igucho is, is how you say that other person that's featured on it. But I definitely is know it? it's Jill Scott. Yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is, I think we've talked about this before. So I, I see a theme and I see a pattern. And I don't know if you see the pattern. But the album that I was listening to when I was on the train pre-COVID when I was just starting uh, my business, when it was really, you know, I was trying to build things up and I needed something like really keep me centered was Black Habits. Mm. Uh, and, and so listening to that album over and over and over, the train ride, and I, at one point it was Top of the Morning and it was Black Habits 1. That were the songs that I was just listening to over and over when I was on the train. It kind of gave me some confidence, like, all right, I know I'm in a new space, but I know I'm going the right direction. And then it was Black Habits 2. It was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely in this space. And I can go back and find, like, social media posts mm-hmm. of me, like, literally waiting for a train and and posting Black Habits lyrics. So I find it uh, kind of wild that while you're making a transition, the album that's kind of bringing you that same level of, like, calm and, and, and support is that same album. I think that speaks to the transformative nature of the album. So shout out to D Smoke, shout out to him creating something that we as black men can use in our real life. I mean, and I also think it's showing me like, I feel like part of the reason that the universe has been like sitting me down is it's like, hey nigga, you about to start eating. Like, like, like it's gonna be time to like, you gonna have to go get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about like, when you was listening to it, it was right before you knew it was go get it time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, you like, yo, you feel like, you were saying, like, you feel like you got, you know, a little rest period coming up. I, I feel like I got to, like, yo, it's time to eat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was, and that's why I had to sit. That's why I had to, like, reflect. That's why I had to ask myself, like, what is it that I want? What is it that I need? And so on and so forth. So, I mean, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that gives us, I think both of those songs, Free and Sunkissed Child, gives us a good bridge into our brief conversation. We ain't got to talk long about it. 
you know, I want to just talk a couple minutes about, you know, that decision you made. I felt like you made a really brave decision. And I'm going to tell you how it, how it impacted me. So um, I get a text message and, you know, I get a text message from you. And I don't know if it was to the group chat or what it was that Tuesday when we had our, uh, our cypher. And it was mm-hmm. like, yo, not going to be a book cypher today. I'm finna catch a plane. I'm finna get out of town. Need some space. Need to take care of myself. I don't think it was many more words than that, right? And then I went to call you the next day to check in and be like, "Hey, yo, fam, you good?" Whoop, 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 whoop. And you know, you in Costa Rica. I mean, you a plot? No, you in Costa Rica. You in Playa de Karma. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. So you you're over there, and you didn't get the call. So I was like, "Yo, this dude shut it down." And left the country to go find <laughs> some peace. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think the the like get things done, communicate side of me is like, wait, wait, what? Well, you know, like the, the whiplash, right? Where it's like, well, we got we got a podcast coming up, and and the beauty of it, how it was so divine, is that we had someone scheduled already, right? And it was, I still did the podcast. Like, we still did everything we needed to do. Everything was in order. Everything that needed to happen happened. But it was just, you know, how brave it was to be like, yo, I am out of alignment. Something's not right with me. I'm leaving the country. You told me that your sister was the one that gave you the idea. But what's running through your head when you're like, yo, I'm out? Man, so one, I do think that was nothing but divine timing in that we had, we already had Richard set up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I never got your call. Um, I actually like was knocked out um, and woke up like, damn, podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, if T ain't called me, I mean, he don't need me. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so um, when she suggested it, um, I had literally, like that morning, I had just got paid, you know, uh, for a consultant gig, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, so when she, it was like, boom, this money come in. And I already knew like a significant portion that was going straight towards debt. And it was going to leave me with like X amount of money. Mm-hmm. So when she hit me with it in my head, I was like, oh, this excess money is enough to cover my flight and my food and kicking it or whatever while we out there. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, that means I'm supposed to go. All right, I'm out. Right. It, it was just like that. You know what I'm saying? Like came back to the crib, packed the bag hit it the next morning. Um, and so then when I was out there, I had a speaking engagement, but I my the internet wasn't working. Mm. And so I was like, fuck, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And then I was like, you know what? I can't do it. So I hit him up like, hey, y'all, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Last minute situation, you know, I apologize, right? And it was okay, we understand, you know, do what you gotta do for you. Right. And so what's interesting is you're not the only person who told me that making that decision kind of motivated them because a couple of the guys from the book cipher hit me and was like, Nino, when you said that shit, I realized I need to do it too. So I'm about to go here or I'm about to go do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that's why the last few weeks it's been hard for everybody linked for the book cipher because everybody was doing what they needed to do to kind of for their spirit in that moment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm um, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it was it was one of those like everything lined up, so I didn't think twice about it. And you know, and the crazy thing about it is, from the new gig, those two weeks we were actually on vacation 
Like wow. we give everybody vacation the last two weeks of June before we start a new year in July. So it all like when I say it all just aligned to the point where it was like, yeah, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. That's blessing. Um, That's a blessing. Yeah. What you get out of it, man? What did you what did you did you feel like you got what you needed from from getting away from the space? I got two things out of it. One, um, the very first day I had woke up early in the morning and I went to meditate by the ocean. And and I remember like closing my eyes and then I felt like I heard God telling me like the the benefit of meditation is that you're isolating your senses so that you can connect on a higher level right and so a lot of times that's why I realized my best meditation is in my closet because I, I it's dark I ain't seeing nothing. I ain't hearing nothing. And I'm just, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm reducing my sense of sight. I'm reducing my sense of sound, you know, um, and it's allowing me to connect on a higher level. <laughs> Excuse me. But as I was doing this, I would have those moments where I would want to open my eyes and look just to make sure like I'm good, like what's around me. And I felt like what God was telling me was like, you know, when we talk about walking in faith, um, sometimes you open your eyes isn't just a reflection of you not having faith, but sometimes you opening your eyes doesn't make anything better because you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so just you, cause you can... opening your eyes just to be opening your eyes and it don't help. So why not just close your eyes and trust me? You Indeed. know what I'm saying? Okay. I get that. You know what I'm saying? So um, and even it got to a point now where like I stopped meditating I stopped trying to put these parameters on what that meditation looks like. Like I was using this app and yes, I love using the insight timer app, but I realized I started moving in that direction. Like I, I got four days in a row. I got five. So I started focusing on hitting this benchmark versus being like, yo, I might meditate in the closet today. I might meditate on the couch. I might meditate in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I might meditate in the tub. I might meditate on the toilet. You never know. But when I tune in, I tune in and it's okay. And it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so and so that was really the the biggest takeaway. So when I was out there, um, I was more so just out there just taking it in, just being present in the moment. Because what I realized right before I went to Playa is that I was struggling with anxiety, which I had never known. Like, all, I think a lot of times in our community, we talk about depression. And we have this mild understanding of depression, but we're so quick to label somebody as being depressed not realizing that depression and anxiety look eerily similar. Mm. And, and the difference really has to be like, where are you, where are you lost? Are you lost in the past? Because if so, the source of that, that that's depression. But if you lost in the future, now we're talking about anxiety. And so I was sitting there realizing like for the last year or two, I had been experiencing anxiety, not depression. So that's why when people would be like, are you depressed? I'd be like, no, I'm not depressed. Because I, I was at peace with the past. I was more concerned about the future and what was going to be. And so I was so locked up in tomorrow that I wasn't even able to enjoy today. Right. right? And for our Christian listeners, you know, from a scripture perspective, it said, don't worry about for tomorrow because today got enough in itself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, but it's a work to do, man. It's a, it's a, and it's not a work that is like something we cannot do. It is a continued exercise to, to be present and to surrender those anxieties. And it's also a continued exercise to give yourself grace that it's okay to feel those anxieties. 
I think mm-hmm. somewhere along, along the line, we, I think we reject our bodies by trying to convince our bodies that what we're feeling is wrong. Mm. Like, you know, if I'm afraid, I'm afraid. If I feel anxiety, I feel anxiety. You know, that's that's how my body is responding to a certain context. Now, whether that context is something that is real or perceived, you know, that's something that we have to engage with and figure out. But my body isn't wrong because it responded. You know, what I mean, my, you know, if the wind, if the wind touches my elbow a certain way or touches my arm a certain way, and I get goosebumps, I don't say, you know, how dare you have goosebumps, right? We just say that's how my body responds, and I don't mm-hmm. think we give that same love and that same grace and space to our brains. That like mm-hmm. your brain is dealing with all of the constructs, the harmful constructs that we talk about every episode, right? And it's dealing with all the possibility that you may feel that's in your reach and the disappointments and the, like the, the obstacles and all the things that you're confronted with. So when that brain's like, yo fam, I'm, I'm overloaded or I'm overwhelmed or you know, I'm dealing with anxiety, I think we need to be able to accept that, give ourselves grace, be like, that's okay. And then say, okay, well, what does that indicate for me? What do I need to do? Well, how do I how do I respond to it? Do I need to seek stillness and meditation? Do I need to be like, fuck it, I'm catching a flight. I'm going to get a, to get on a beach and sitting in the ocean. Like, what is it that we need to do? And so, I wanted to highlight that. You know, what I mean, you know, I think you are a good example of somebody who was filling that that tea kettle or that pot. However, the analogy we want to use, you were filling that overwhelm, and you were like, yo, I got to create some space for me to be. And that's something I'm learning, man. Like, I I have a little bit of, uh, of anxiety every time I have to cancel something. And as wild as that sounds, you know, uh, I'm also someone that had to convince, I'm, I'm a business owner that had to, that often has to convince himself to take days off. Mm. And you don't really, like, like no one, I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything to HR. I don't have to, I don't have to call a manager and fake like I'm sick. I'm the manager. And it'd be difficult for me to say, you know what, I'm not feeling this right now. I'm canceling it. So, the the brave you know the the courage that you have to be like yo I'm gone, me being okay is more important <laughs> than anything else. I was like oh we got to talk about that when, when next time we <laughs> on because I you know that's something that I want for all of our listeners. I want all of our listeners to be in a space and we reckon you know I recognize that like the fact that Nino, Nino had the means to do it is something that not all of our listeners may have right. So we recognize that there's a privilege that we're speaking to. But even if that I'm gone means I got to go sit by the water somewhere or sit by a lake somewhere or take a walk somewhere, just putting our mental health and our bodies and and our ways of being, making them a priority and not just making a priority of others. But I think the thing that's most difficult for me at times is making them a priority to me. And so I commend you for that, man. I commend you for, uh, I commend you for that, for making yourself a priority and I also commend you for this, and I want this to be said on the podcast, and we're going to hear this uh, from some of the other folks that were involved in it because that is something that we're hoping to do is bring on some of the brothers from our book site for the check-in and to be a part of our check-ins. But also, I told you in private yesterday, but I wanted to commend you on the episode, man. You finished your first book cipher. And, you know, there were some things that when me and Nino first sat down to have a conversation about this Heal Black Man Heal journey and, and the podcast and the things we wanted to build, I remember you saying, man, I want to have a book club or a book cipher. I want to have an opportunity for us to talk. And, you know, us closing out this week and, and finishing those last, that last chapter, you learned how transformative of a space it was. 
Because it's one thing for me and you, we already connect in this way to be like, hey, you know, we were transformed in these conversations. But to mm-hmm. hear the other men in the in the uh, cipher say like, yo, I've, I've not had a space like this where we mm-hmm. talk through these concepts or we, we go through these issues or we engage in this way uh, and to hear how transformative it was. And, and one brother uh, in the session was like, yo, this was divine, right? That hit different for me. So congratulations on, on, on you know, as the OG told me on hearing the call from the earth and answering the call. Uh, I'm believing that that little, you know, that little couple stacks you threw at the movers, man, that's going to come mm-hmm. back. That's going to come back, fam. <laughs> Don't is. worry about that. It it it's going to be back sooner than later, man. You're going to be looking up six months from now and be like, man, I don't even care about the, that bread no more. But uh, <laughs> you know, I just wanted, I wanted us to, to talk about yeah. that, man. I wanted us to talk about that. I know you're still transitioning, but it's I'm happy to have you back. I'm happy you took that time. Um, and, you know, it also... You know, one thing that I want to speak to uh, that I had a party in a little bit is there were times during Nino's time away where Nino still wanted to record. And mm-hmm. I think what I think what what really being somebody's homie is and, and caring about somebody's healing journey is when your homie is trying to push past his needs, like tell your homie no. Right. I, I always to make fun of homies and be like, yo, if your homeboys let your breath stink or let you come out the house looking bad, they ain't your homeboys. And we are, we're quick to, to make that comment when it comes to the external. We're quick to make that comment when it comes to like clothing or talking to girls or any of that. I don't know if we're as quick to make that type of comment when it comes to caring about our, the mental health of our homeboys. That when your homie not right, be like, hey fam, something ain't right, man. And, and I'm glad you said that because when I was thinking, I also wanted to let you know that I'm grateful for you because I think a lot of times when you win this season where you got to sit your ass down, you try to fall, you try to jump back in the game so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like being injured and then coming back from injury too fast. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like, like, like let, let's be real, right? Like, when Giannis hurt his knee, we mm-hmm. thought, oh, over, over. And so the fact that he sat out the rest of that series, like, I think that played in him being able to come back and kill in the finals. Granted, yeah. I think he's going to have some surgery probably in like a week. They'll be like, oh, he got to have knee surgery. Yeah. But those that little week or whatever gave him what he needed to recoup versus if he had to try to come back in the next game or the game after that, he might have re-aggravated. And then today, they might not be the champs. And so I appreciate that because I think that's the wisdom. You know, both you and I uh, was a professor from the University of Chicago I'm working with right now. And he was like, we're supposed to be working on this article. And he was like, you know what, Nino? We'll work on this in September. Just focus on your move. And he told me that in June. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I got it. Like, we're going we gonna to figure I'll figure it out. It's cool because in my mind, I can get it. Um, but then, like, a week later, when I would miss the deadline, I said, you know what? You were right. And I apologized. He said, it's cool. I knew it. He was like, focus on this. Execute this. Come September, you'll be in a better space. And we'll knock it out in no time. Yeah. No difference. He was like, hey, nigga, just focus on your stuff right now. Because when you come out of this, I already know you're going to come out with some fire and we about to run. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's a blessing. So, that's, that's brilliant, though. Like, I think that you just did one of the best jobs of talking about why it's important for us to take that time to really focus on us when we need those breaks. You know what I mean? Re-aggravation. We can re-aggravate the injury. And I think that I, I I think there's some ways for us to talk about that in, in a future episode about how often we try to push past 
our need to heal or push past our need to take a moment and we re-aggravate old injuries. You know what I mean? So I told you you was going to come back and drop jewels and, and be ready to run. Uh, but for our listeners, man, we're happy that you're able to hear Nino again and we're able to uh, to do a check-in. Uh, and But don't get it twisted. You're going to hear a lot of different voices. We told y'all that from the, from the get, that we'll be interviewing other brothers about their healing journeys that you'll hear from other hosts. And that sometime in the future, in the very near future, it might be two other brothers on this podcast doing a check-in uh, and Nino and I will be away because this space is not about Terrence and Nino. This space is about Heal Black Man Heal. It's about us creating spaces for us to one, have you know a blueprint to check in on each other. It's not the only blueprint. And, you know, you may have your own ways that you check in on your family, but we would love for y'all to use the five questions uh, that we came up with, the Heal Black Man Heal check-in questions. How are you proud of yourself this week? What are you learning from your healing journey? Who are you grateful for? What are you reading and what are you listening to? Call somebody you love, check in on somebody, um, ask them those five questions and, and see where it goes from there. And then as always, man, follow us on all things Heal Black Man. Uh, you know, we are doing our best, you know, to recalibrate and make sure we're more active on our social media. Nino and I are working on that. I think we both have been dealing with transitions and dealing with overwhelm in some ways. And I think one of the things I've learned in the dealing with the transitions and overwhelm, and I think Nino kind of, uh, you know, expounded upon that with the movers is that everything ain't for us to do. We got to find other people to do other things uh, who have giftings and, and insights that can do the, some of the things that we need done for us. And so we'll be reaching out and making sure those things are done. But definitely everything at Heal Black Man. You can check in with us on IG, Twitter, etc. And, uh, you know, anything you want to say before we part, man? Man, um, hey, just continue to take it one day at a time. You know, that's all we can do the best that we can, man. We're going to continue to navigate this journey together, and we're going to build this movement brick by brick. So thank you all for um, doing your part. All right. Holla at y'all. Peace.